are able to do so. The Christian's mission statement. If you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. That is not the main text of our lesson tonight, but we'll start off there and then we'll jump over into Philippians chapter 2. Have you ever heard the saying, love your work and you will never work a day in your life? In a 1982 publication of the Princeton Alumni Weekly, a Princeton professor of theology used this quote in an article that he authored concerning planning for the future. And in the past 35 years, this quote has been used so often in relation to our jobs that many of our trade and vocational schools have made it part of their mission statement in some form or fashion. We, in our secular society today, we would attach it to our vocation. Love your vocation in which you are trained or qualified and you will never work a day in your life. The Apostle Paul talked about our vocation in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, where he writes, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. The King James uses the word vocation. The Greek word used here is klesis. It means an invitation or a calling. Our vocation, our calling, is Christian's. Do we love being Christians? Do we love our work as Christians? Do our actions show that we love our work as Christians? Almost every recognized business or institution in our society today has a mission statement. The mission statement is defined as a statement of an organization's purpose, identifying the scope of what it wishes to achieve. And the mission statement, no doubt, is vital to the success of a company as a whole. If Christians is our vocation, do we have a mission statement? Do we have a statement of purpose that identifies what we wish to achieve or want to be? Does God's word give a clear mission statement to the Christian? Some would say Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where our Lord said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Some would say Mark 16, 15, where our Lord said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One might use Luke 24, Verse 46, where our Lord said repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name in all nations. One could go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 where Paul gives instruction to the preacher Timothy to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. I wouldn't necessarily argue against any of those scriptures as a good mission statement. However... The work of the church has accurately been defined as evangelism, edification, and benevolence. And I believe that we find the mission statement for the Christian in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Let's turn over in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. The book of Philippians is Paul's love letter to the church. Paul starts the letter with a greeting and a thanksgiving prayer. And then he discusses the advance of the gospel. And then he finishes chapter 1 as we have the letter broken up with, To live is Christ. And he begins chapter 2 with Christ's example of humility. 
And then he moves into serving as lights in the world. And it's in chapter 2 and verses 13 through 16 that I believe we find our mission statement for the individual Christian. Let's read these verses and then we'll back up and break them down just a little bit and, and make some points. Beginning there in verse 13, Paul says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. There in verse 13, Paul writes, It is God which worketh in you. God indeed works in and through the obedient, through those that are obedient to his gospel and are about his work and his business, through Christians. We are God's workmen. Paul calls Christians to work by their own will because God grants us the power to will and to do, to do God's work with no room for boasting, to seek blessings in walking in the word of God, and to receive blessings and strength from God in his appointed uh, appointed way, all the while giving God the glory through our works. See, when a man gives himself up to walk as God directs, God works through him to do his own good pleasure. Not man's pleasure, but God's pleasure. And in verse 14, he uses two words that are negative in nature, murmurings and disputings. Murmuring means a resentful dissatisfaction with things, to complain or grumble, to do something grudgingly. Grumble, grumble, gripe, gripe all the way. Disputings or questionings means to be doubtful. Murmurings and disputings definitely take away from the perfection of the Christian's love for Christ and for the brethren. Can we build up and edify if we are resentful, grumbling, or doubtful about our work? Paul writes, do all without these two things. So what is the opposite of murmuring and disputing? Well, Peter gives us the exact opposite in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, where he writes, And above all things have fervent charity, love, among yourselves. For charity, love, shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Does that sound anything like edification? Building one another up for all the world to see? And as a side note here, if I am grudgeful or resentful in my worship, or murmuring or doubtful in my service, that is contrary to what God desires. I'm going to put $10 in that collection plate, but that's not really how I plan on spending that money this week. I don't care for that dude they got preaching tonight, but I know if I don't show up, my phone will ring off the hook tomorrow. I'm going to go down to that day of caring, but that's not really how I wanted to spend my Saturday. Folks, God does not accept grudging or resentful worship, and he does not accept questioning and doubtful service. God only wants true worship and willing service without murmuring and disputings. In verse 15, Paul says that ye may be blameless and harmless. To be blameless is without fault. Walking in the commandments and the ordinances of our Lord 
It's our Lord's desire that we meet our duties and obligations in our dealing with our fellow man without reproach. The word harmless refers to an internal purity and a sincerity which should describe all followers of Christ. To be harmless is to have the character of having no evil desire. Christians are to be outwardly and inwardly correct so that there is no hindrance or scandal to the name of Christ. Our actions should not hinder the Lord's work, but promote it. It's the Lord's will that his children be blameless and harmless so that the cause of Christ would make great progress. Who is it that sees Christ living in us? Our peers. And the last part of verse 15 there, Paul says, You shine as lights in the world. If Christians show by example a new life in Christ, and we bring forth fruits of this new life in Christ, we are the luminaries that the world will see. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, our Lord said, Ye are the lights of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that, you may, that they may see your good works. Why? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Those living in darkness will see our light shine as we do the Lord's good will to our fellow man and to each other for no other reason than to serve God and show his love through us. Does that sound anything like benevolence? In verse 16, he writes, Holding forth the word of life. The light which Christians are able to shine is not of themselves, but of the word of God. The word of life is the message of salvation through the blood of Christ. It's for Christians to hold forth and hold out the word of God to promote it to the world at every opportunity. That promotion of God's word includes the Great Commission and Paul's instruction to Timothy, preaching and teaching God's word. That is evangelism. In the middle of verse 16, Paul says that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That shows what the Christian is looking forward to, doesn't it? The frequent, use, uh, the frequent use of the words day of Christ in the New Testament shows the certainty and the importance of the coming of Christ to the Christian. For in that day and not until that day is the work of God's people complete. If evangelism, edification, and benevolence is the work of the church, then I believe Philippians chapter 2 verses 13 through 16 is the Christian's mission statement. As part of our secular vocation, reviews and evaluations are done periodically to see if one is aligned with and progressing with the company. The same is required of our most important vocation of being Christians. As Jeremiah grieved over the desolation of the city of Jerusalem, he called for the people to examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. In teaching the proper observance of the Lord's Supper, Paul wrote that it was a time of self-examination in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. Paul later challenged the Corinthians to examine yourselves as to whether ye are in the faith. Prove or test your own selves, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. From time to time, we must examine ourselves to see if we are keeping the mission statement. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, 
The author writes, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The word patience in the Greek literally means to bear trials or have fortitude, to endure. The race that is set before us is the Christian life. The idea is that the race, the Christian life, is a marathon and not a sprint. The 100-meter sprint is a brief explosion event that lasts a very short period of time. The world record is 9.58 seconds. That's moving. But the marathon is a prolonged endurance event lasting two-plus hours, testing the runner's commitment and zeal to reach the finish line. The Hebrew writer is saying, don't lose your zeal, but endure the setbacks and keep pushing to the goal, just like the marathon runner. And you know, the loss of zeal is not new to the church. Such problems were common in the early church. The church at Ephesus left their first love, Revelation 2.4. The church at Laodicea became lukewarm, Revelation 3.15 and 16. Paul felt the need to exhort the brethren in Rome to awake from sleep, Romans 13, 11. There's a beautiful illustration about a man named John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania. John was a marathon runner in the 1968 Olympic Games. And in the marathon at those Olympic Games in Mexico City, John crossed the finish line dead last. And not only did John cross the finish line dead last, but he was over an hour behind the next to last runner. And when he finally made his way into the stadium and crossed the finish line, there were only a few people left in the stands. And after he had crossed, a reporter interviewed him and asked him, John, why did you finish the race that way? John said, my countrymen did not send me 5,000 miles just to start the race. They sent me to finish the race. That is the same expectation that God has of us, to finish the race. God did not send His only begotten Son to this earth to be the perfect sacrifice, shedding His blood on that cross, having His body broken, buying us back from our sins, that we would not finish the race. Nor does He intend for His children to be lukewarm, and just coast along. God's desire is that we run with patience the race that is set before us that we may rejoice in the day of Christ. Have you dropped out of the race? Have you become lukewarm? Have you fallen asleep? Think about the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. It's time for me to ask, what am I worth to the Lord? What talents has he blessed me with? Think about the five talent, two talent, one talent man had received according to their ability. And the one talent man did not use what God had blessed him with. He was cast into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not because he was a murderer, fornicator, liar, or a thief, but because he was not using the blessings that God had blessed him with. Remember what Jesus said about being lukewarm in Revelation 3, 15 and 16? Because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. 
A scarier statement has never been uttered to me. Am I keeping the mission statement? Again, I ask, have you dropped out of the race? Have you become lukewarm? It may be that there are some here that have never answered the call and obeyed the gospel of our Lord. Repenting of your sins, confessing our Lord before man, being baptized for the remission of your sins, rising to walk in newness of life. Beginning that race, the Christian life. Can you think of any good reason why you should not become a Christian? Ask yourself that question and write the answers down on a piece of paper. Be sincere, be honest, make a list. Question. Would you be willing to give that list to Jesus on the day of judgment? If you have a need tonight, we stand ready to assist you in any way that we can. Whether you have grown lukewarm and fallen out of the race, shutting the door on our Lord, or you have never opened the door and let Him into your life, He's still at the door. Will you open the door and let Him in? Will you answer the Lord's invitation? It's not my invitation. It's not the song leader's invitation. It's not the elder's invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. Will you answer it? Will you come as together we stand and sing?